Welcome back, everyone, to Knives Out Minute. This is the Group Movie Minute Project, where we talk about the 2019 whodunit, Knives Out, and we're going to break it down one minute of screen time at a time. I am your guest host for this week. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. On today's episode, we are going to be breaking down Minute 21, which begins with Joni Thromby telling Benoit Blanc that there was a mix-up with the tuition and ends with Harlan handing over a check saying, I know this will hurt. Well, one thing that certainly won't hurt is our guest on this week's show. She is the host of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast, and we're going to be breaking down some Knives Out Minute this week. Welcome, Megan Tripp. How are you, Megan? I'm great. That was such a great build-up. <laughs> well, it, it's, we got a drum roll here. This is yeah. this is this is Knives Out. It's not a subtle movie. This is not no. a this is not <laughs> a, a quiet Jim Jarmusch film. This is an over-the-top, uh, flamboyant movie. So you are currently in the great city of Orlando. True. Former home of Gatorland, or wait, was that in Kissimmee? Was that? Uh... Yeah, that's more Kissimmee. It's still okay. There. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm, I didn't want to immediately go to Disney World, but uh, <laughs> which is so, also more in Kissimmee than it is Orlando. But yeah, <laughs> you know, you're probably right. Yeah, now say, you know what? Screw it. You're in Orlando. Um, <laughs> tell the folks what uh, the not another bad movie podcast is. Um, sure, it's a bad movie podcast where I watch a made for TV movie. And then I talk about it with a guest. Sometimes it's a friend. Sometimes it's someone I know from the internet and we just talk about it and point out things that are ridiculous, which is pretty easy to do for like lifetime movies in particular, which I've been mostly doing. I've done some Hallmark as well, but those are a little less uh, absurd. (laughs) Give me your favorite um one that you've done that was just that went totally off the rails i've done a few for netflix and i i forget what it was called but it it involved a girl who became obsessed with this guy she dated and she ended up like hoisting someone up to the ceiling and that was very unexpected i did not expect that to happen (laughs) (laughs) the small woman hoisting someone up in this elaborate thing that wasn't there a moment ago that uh, that was uh, that took me by surprise. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, look, at, I'm glad to have you aboard, being part of the breaking down of this film. Which I assume, if you're doing episodes of a movie minute podcast on a certain film, I assume you're a fan of this film, Knives Out, right? Oh yeah, it's funny. I'm not really a murder mystery person. Like it's definitely some uh, something that my mom likes and my sister likes, and we all went, you know, as a family. But uh, I was definitely there because it looked like it was going to be a solid comedy because that's pretty much all I like to watch is comedies. And uh, it definitely was that. <laughs> yeah, it's what I love about this film. And, and you know, when you think about some of the other, like, 
other films, and I'm going to get in one of the later film, later uh, minutes, I'm going to talk a little more specifically about Daniel Craig's performance. He's only in a tiny snippet of this, though so that's a preview for an upcoming episode. But the best whodunits have an element of tongue-in-cheek humor to it. I mean, certainly that was the tone of Agatha Christie. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Columbo. And as are my sons, it's great. I have two teenage sons and they watch like early 70s Columbo with me and they love it, which is great, which means I'm a good father. Um, and of course, Columbo is not a whodunit because they show you whodunit right at the beginning. It's a, how is he going to get caught? But like Columbo is is a humorous character and in um, Murder on the Orient Express, you know, both the 74 version and the more recent one, like there's there's humor in it, and it's it's like yeah we're gonna figure this out, but we're not gonna take it too too seriously. And and you know in a film like this where the mystery is intriguing, but it can you know you're you're enjoying it, and you don't feel even though it's a murder mystery, you don't feel like it's a life and death. This isn't you know Schindler's List or going on here. There <laughs> this is a this is a fun romp where someone rich got killed. I think people like seeing rich people die and kind of fight over stuff. I think that there's 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 a whodunit around someone poor is not going to be that intriguing or humorous. So, yeah, it it feels like like you're not attached to those people <laughs> as much as maybe someone who you would feel more sympathy towards. Yeah. Exactly. Well, let's get right to the minute because it starts with with, I mean, the the opening clip of this has uh, Benoit Daniel Craig, whose performance we'll get into in a later minute, as he's is asking Joni, played by the great Tony Collette, uh, what the conversation she had with Harlan was. With of course the knives, slightly to the the left screen left of her, and we go we cut to the actual conversation and Harlan played by the incomparable Christopher Plummer is fiddling with the baseball. That seems to be a motif in the film is the fiddling with the baseball and the connection there. It's interesting. I want to get your take on this. It's interesting how they formatted the interrogations where they don't just show the interrogations. And then later we reveal what really happened. We see though that they're lying that when she says oh it was a small discrepancy in the tuition and then we see a scene that only Joni could have seen <laughs> there was no there's right. no way uh, uh Benoit could have seen this so it's interesting that they that like a Columbo episode they reveal what happened what the lie is right up front instead of revealing it throughout the course of the film yeah this whole first section of the movie is really a lot of fun because we don't get enough information to start guessing as to what happened specifically with uh harlan's death we do get enough information to know that every one of his family members is a liar (laughs) and that we should not trust these people you know at their word so we are we already are like primed to know kind of who these people are. And it's one of the things that I like, like, you know, I happen to be a big fan of the 1974 version of Murder on the Orient Express with Albert Finney and 
Sean Connery and, and all those huge stars. And one of the things that makes that film work is that everybody has a very clear motive that like, oh, well, clearly they're the ones who killed him. And Joni being, having her uh, access to six figures for doing nothing in her life, being instantly taken away. Yeah, six figures a year just sitting around um, being plunked out in one fell swoop is uh, enough for... uh, is a great motivation there. I, I have to say, and I'm going to, this is a, uh, I'm not going to give any sort of uh, personal information here, but um, I've been caught in lies before. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I've always been honest. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've always gotten away with being dishonest. And the whole, when Joni says, Oh, I just, it's a mix. I don't know how that mix up could have happened. When the minute she did that, that hit close to home for me. Kind of like, oh, <laughs> I try to wiggle out of trouble doing that same. Like, oh, I don't know how that could have happened. But, you know, like, yeah, so Jody, doesn't work. You're not going <laughs> to get away with it. It's it's probably a better call for her to just claim ignorance than it is for her to come up with, like, something specific. Because <laughs> that can be like you're undoing as well if you don't have it all planned out and you're just like oh no it's because of this and then there was this conversation and actually it's it's your secretary's fault like then it can really spin out of control so it was probably her best bet but at that point you know the right yeah. on the wall yeah that's the worst when you've when you've been again i'm making myself out to be this this horribly <laughs> dishonest person but i'm, I'm not gonna sit here and you know you know, I never tell a lie. I never told a lie, and I've been caught. And uh, the that moment of being caught in a lie and being totally unprepared is the worst. Yeah, like I, I, you know, I couldn't even get my story straight. And Tony Collette, who's a, who's obviously she's a wonderful actress, Oscar nominated actress, uh, wonderful in the Sixth Sense, which is where I think most people remember her from before this film. Uh, really plays that how am I gonna like being caught off guard and wig and sort of squirming around realizing oh no 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 how do I stop this oh no no like the the tide is coming too fast I can't I can't how am I gonna turn this around and she really plays that sense of how did I blow this situation like in her mind it's like oh god how like not why did I do this but but how did I get caught? <laughs> how did I get caught? How could I have done it differently? What track did I not cover that I should have covered in the past? So, yeah, her There's character the- is is one of my favorites in this movie because she's so light and breezy and has her own like what is it Instagram influence kind of situation, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as soon as anything doesn't go her way, she immediately unravels and is is gulping for air and trying to still seem like light and breezy well i just don't know but you can see she she's really nervous (laughs) she has no idea how to get out of here yeah and also that she is not biologically in the family and so that she that this squirming of oh my god i lucked into this lottery ticket did i did i blow this whole thing there's a great shot of her when when Harlan's really putting down the, the, the hammer and it's clear that she has no recourse. And there's a shot of her at, at second 53 
of the clip I sent where she's like, oh my, like the expression she has is, if this is really happening, like, like this is the worst case scenario in her head never was this bad. Yeah. that She, she thought maybe she could apologize and be punished, but like, I'm out. Um, I love and, too, everything on his desk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we literally like scoot around his desk at one point to get her reaction. And when we do, we see a small um like porcelain figure and it's this woman spanking a child. <laughs> and yeah, she well, is metaphorically well, being spanked right now. <laughs> I know. And, and and we're gonna get really into this in um in minute twenty two, but there is uh but the the set decoration in this film is almost a character in itself. Yeah. That there's so many things in the film that are like objects, tchotchkes, magnifying glasses, the baseball uh, lamps that, that add to the texture. This could just have been shot like we're in an office or a living room, but it's dynamic. And it's as, as visual as any scene in the film, like little things like, there's like a Greek statue over his shoulder as he's writing the uh, as he's writing the last check that almost looks like it's looking over his shoulder and and observing. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of things in the house that have faces and eyes and are at, positioned in camera in ways that denote that there are eyes everywhere and and his. Um, you know, his, his influences everywhere. Yeah. Not to mention those huge blue eyes that are like on either side of his head in some shots. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's (laughs) insane. That looks like, yeah, that looks like two disembodied. Like like if you've ever seen those, the, like when they show like the different body systems, like the digestive system, that sometimes the nervous system, you have the two eyeballs, kind of attached to the spine that's kind of what it looks like yeah that's that's i didn't notice that until you just said that but yeah that's really creepy it made me think of like um in great gatsby where there's this huge eyes on like a like a billboard or something and it's like mm-hmm. always watching all the characters and they get mentioned all the time like those eyes were there and they were watching <laughs> well this is uh one of the reasons why i think this film was a hit was because of Scenes like this, which are just two good actors having an interesting scene together. There's no visual effects in this. It's not linked to the Marvel Universe. (laughs) This is a scene for a movie that's designed for people over the age of 16. And it's one of the things that, that throughout this film, you have very talented actors who are told you can act not in front of a green screen, just have a scene together. Uh, no, it's just, they get to be like a little bit broader than you would be in most like yeah. non like Marvel movies or whatever, you know, like it's not stayed and, and, and withdrawn. Like they get to be like a little bit larger than life. And because the whole movie is kind of arch, it, it works. Like we accept those, those performances. Well, yeah, and it's a little bit like what I was saying with uh, the Murder on the Orient Express and some of those. That those are all played a little bit to the back of the room. It's a little bit; it's not a naturalistic type of acting. Right, right. So you get the sense that you know Tony Collette, who is a 
fine actress and, you know, as I mentioned, an Oscar nominee, but probably doesn't always get roles like this thrown her way because of the market and everything. So when she does get a chance, she picks it up and runs with it. And she knows that this is, this is a great role to sink her teeth into. And that I think a film like this is almost so rare that it caught people off guard. Like, Oh, I'm just going to go see a film and it's going to be entertaining and they're going to be good actors. The key for like, those mysteries, I keep going back to Murder of the Orient Express, but there are also, you know, other great whodunits as well, is that they pack the film with as many uh, well-known actors as possible and give them all a big meaty scene to chomp down on. And it just, it, it makes it a fun, it, it, this whole film to me felt like going to Baskin's and Rob Baskin and Robbins, you know, it just was a bunch of ice cream flavors that were all delicious. It wasn't a full meal. It wasn't, it wasn't a deep film. It was just a fun night of dessert. It's like going to a, a buffet of desserts that you just yeah. sort of put on your tray and I'll have a little slice of pumpkin pie and a little, and maybe a donut and, and just sort of, it says a lot to me that that's how I think about it, that my sweet tooth, but <laughs> Yeah, it's nice that they have so many different types of characters that bounce off each other in different ways in this movie, too. And in the next minute, we're going to see two actors who get a terrific chance to sink their teeth into roles that were probably not always thrown their way, but may have been a, a few decades ago. But let's wrap this up. Let's going to take the end of minute 21. Check has been handed. Poor Joni is done. But we are not done with this week. So tomorrow we're going to be talking about minute 22, but Megan, where can people find your stuff? Sure. Not another bad movie podcast is available in all the usual spots. You find podcasts. You can go to not another bad movie podcast.libsyn.com and follow me on Twitter at NABM podcast. Fantastic. And you can follow me. I'm at Sully baseball on Twitter, Sully baseball podcast on Instagram. I'm still the host of locked on MLB. And if you want to listen to the past episodes of Bull Durham Minute, which has now reached its conclusion, but they still exist. And if you're a fan of my favorite baseball film of all time, you can check that out. So what happens after the check has been handed to Joni? Was she the killer? We'll find out soon on the next episode of Knives Out Minute.